morning I'm only going to share for about 20 minutes to half an hour. And then at the end of the meeting, the last half an hour, we really felt in our heart as a team that we want to just anoint every family. And, you know, when we do that, it's about, you know, it's not there's power in the anointing, but rather it's symbolic that we want to really pray for every family that the favour of God will rest upon us this year together. Because I'm believing for some great things, not just for our church, but for every family in the church. And I know God's favour uh, is upon us, and we'll speak about that a little bit more. This morning, just let me touch on some things very, very quickly. And, um, you know, vision uh, is so important. The Bible says that without godly vision... We perish. Not just about vision, but without godly vision, we actually perish. Vision is not just good ideas. Uh, vision is not just a formula. It's not just some thoughts we get, you know, as a leadership team, and we've maybe gone to a conference or we look at the latest church trends, but actually vision comes when we wait upon God and we listen to the heartbeat of God for a community or a city and a nation. And, you know, in our hearts, we really believe that God has given us a vision to embrace what his purpose here is at Uni Hill Church. Do you know, but the reality is that vision must also be underpinned with godly leadership and with godly governance. How many of you know that? You know, some people have great vision, great godly vision, but to underpin it, God has given us, you know, the responsibility to lead that vision and also to give godly governance. What does it mean to give governance? It means to use the principles and the patterns that God has given us to actually build a community so it can be healthy and can express the purpose of God. And it's so important that we do that as a leadership team to underpin the vision of the church. In our church, and I just want to take a few moments just to talk about our governance. I know there's um, new people that have uh, joined our church. And I want you just to understand uh, the, re the realities and some of the, the dynamics and the governance model that we have in our church. Uh, our, our church belongs to the Apostolic Church uh, in Australia. It is a Pentecostal uh, stream expression. There are five Pentecostal expressions here in Australia. There's uh, the ACC, the former AOG. There's the Triple C. There's the COC. There's ACDC. How many of you have heard of ACDC? It's got nothing to do with the banner. Uh, it's the expression, and the expression is that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we belong to uh, a fellowship of churches that express God in a Pentecostal expression uh, with the Holy Spirit and the principles and patterns of Scripture, which is really important. But we also have uh, a governing body that uh, oversees us so that uh, we, we do things properly financially, uh, we do things properly with our buildings, we do things properly and have accountability with everything we do. We, we know that, you know, that when we give to the church, it's really important that we do the things the right way, the way God wants them to be. And I just want you to know that we have a national leadership team that oversees us. There's about eight people that are responsible for that. But we also have a uh, overseeing body, uh, our national office, which just happens to be just around the corner here. And uh, this group of people with the national leadership team, they give us great support, encouragement. Uh, and what they do is, um, for instance, when we were building this building, even though we had a local responsibility, even though, you know, we had funds, we had to submit 
the vision, the purpose, the plans to this body so that we could be accountable to make sure that we did things correctly. How many of you know that's a good idea? And uh, thank God because of their wisdom gives us great opportunities to be able to also borrow money and do things the right way. And it's because that we have this governing body over us that helps us and supports us, we're able to see some great things happen in the kingdom of God. Today, actually, in our church, uh, we have the overseeing um, I guess, manager of our, our um, uh, uh, national office. His name's Richard Vistorini. I'm going to get Richard to come up. Uh, would you give Richard a big, big hand as he does come this morning? Now, Richard said to me, I'm not a public speaker, and uh, that's okay because they do an amazing, amazing job. And I just want to commend you. I don't know, how long have you been in the national office? 36 years. 36 years and he's only 25, so it's amazing. Uh, but I just want to commend you and your team. Uh, you do an amazing job. And it, you know what? It's not, you're not the watchdog. Uh, you actually have a great relationship and we really appreciate what you do. Just share with us just a little bit about that oversight. Okay. Well, as Nick said, um, I, I work at the national office and I'm the uh, national finance manager. I'm also on the board of directors. Nick talked about the... Um, the overseeing body, we have a national leadership team. We also have a board of directors which run the company that handles all the property and the finance and the legal issues. And that's the main thing is that as a local church here, uh, all those legal issues are handled by the overseeing body, supervised, and um, so that at, at, at this level, there's not that hassle. Um, so all the payroll, for instance, so we uh, pay everybody, so, you know... Be nice to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, we obviously handle all the financing and property issues because, you know, all this um, is for God and for the future and for growth and whatever. It's not for Nick, Nick or anyone else or me or anyone else. It's for God. And, and that's why everything is done this way. The, um, the duties and responsibilities, there's, there's a lot that, that comes in on, on that. So in terms of uh, management, we've got to make sure that at the local level everything's done uh, correctly. Nick again mentioned that and supervisional stuff. It's not a case of somebody just deciding to go down the road or do something. Let's take an example, the Hope Centre, you know, that was, and we're all, <laughs> you know, fantastic the way God put that together and what, uh, the, how that came about. Uh, but there was a heck of a lot of work involved and a lot of people were involved in, in all that and how that, how that happened. And um, we only, can only praise the Lord for that. But our part of our role is also to ensure that uh, things are managed correctly. We don't want to um, go off the rails. For instance, uh, if uh, there was a proposal for double Nick salary, we might query that. <laughs> yeah, I'll hang on a sec. I'll just... I'll just trying to remember what I was going to say. Yeah, so in terms of accountability, there's a very big aspect on that. For instance, I'm coming on Wednesday morning to do an audit, if you like, an internal audit, and we just go through uh, everything with the finances. Uh, our national office, you know, we're heavily involved at the local level in um, helping the local churches manage their finances uh, to ensure that um, yeah, everything's done correctly. The... Um, the OH&S stuff, the child safe stuff, 
you know, everything that, that happens on the, on, the, on the function of a local church um, is managed that way. And it's, and it's just, it works really well because the way that the oversight, uh, we have what they call um, a relationship um, network leader. That's the word I'm looking for. And uh, that Nick's involved in that, um, also as a campus pastor, but also as, as uh, one of the national leaders Australia-wide. And um, the way that, that that can work in a relationship sense without telling somebody to do something is, is just, you know, it works really well. It's fantastic. Um, the only other thing I'd like to say is that it's all about growth and opportunity for the future and and vision, as, as vision is set forward now, um, goals and achievements. I mean, I can look out here and I've been part of this church for a long time. I know a lot of you wouldn't know me, but I haven't been around much the last couple of years, but but go way back 36 years and uh, and to see what's happened and uh, it's been um, you know, thrilling, really. But the future is what it's about. And uh, as we put all this together, you know, God's going to bless us and... Uh, yeah, praise the Lord. So, I don't know what else I can say, Nick. But <laughs> Thank you. Why don't we just pray? Can we just pray for our national team? And, uh, yeah, just, Charles, just come up here. And these guys do an amazing, you know, job. And you know what? Without their support, let me tell you, we'd have to get caught up in legalities and everything like that. When we had to take loans out on the building, uh, you know, under their direction and uh, their supervision, we were able to, you know, access that really quickly. And it just so supports us. We really appreciate all the work that you guys do. And Father, we just pray for this team that you've put together that oversee not just this church, but a hundred churches right across Australia and even internationally. Father, we pray continue to give them wisdom, courage, insight. Father, prophetic insight into the future. Father, we thank you for Richard and his incredible faithfulness over the years. Richard, you've sown so many uh, seeds uh, in the ground of the apostolic church and you're seeing it germinate now and you know I know your heart is blessed I know we have conversations where you say see what God has done and father we bless him today in Jesus name amen and amen fantastic give him another big hand fantastic someone who uh came into the church the other day said to me man you must be really rich you own this building and that building and I said listen I don't own anything uh, it's all you know part of the movement of God what God is doing so I'm just so thankful that we do have the opportunity to have that accountability and it brings safety and security with what we're doing for the future which is absolutely fantastic the other thing about governance is we have an eldership team and the eldership team is responsible for the spiritual vision and direction of the church, for the health of the church, the ministries of the church, the finances, and also the doctrine. And, you know, this is God's pattern. God's actually established uh, elders to oversee the church. And I'm so thankful because, do you know what? I don't do this alone. I don't do this just with Charles, with Greg, but God's ordained elders to not just protect the church, but also to bring the church forward. And these men and women of God, you know, they, they put themselves in a, in a place where it's their responsibility to really help us to hear what God wants for our church. And I'm so thankful for the people that have served as elders, but also for our eldership team at the moment. I just want to quickly introduce them to you. I'm going to get their spouses to come also. Meredith, if you could come up. This is my wife, Meredith. You don't see her all the time, but give her a big hand this morning. She is here singing. Charles and April. Charles, would you come? Unfortunately, April's uh, had to take care of one of their 
little girls this morning who's not well. Greg and Sue Murray, would you come? Ross and Cheryl Valentine, right from the back. Uh, John and Joanna Torrance, who are in Geelong. I'll talk to you about them in a minute. Ian Fisher, who's one of the oldest members in the church, and uh, he's doing amazing. I want you to give him a big hand as he gets up here. Chris and Clarissa Valentine, would you come? And Dan and Jackie, who are overseas on holidays, and they're a young couple in our church. So uh, these people as a team, uh, you know, it's our responsibility to give leadership and governance to the church, and I want to personally say thank you to them. They're an amazing group of people, and they're very, very encouraging, and they put hours and hours of work, uh, you know, behind the scenes that most of us don't see, and I would like you today, would you just one last time give them a big, big hand and show your appreciation for what they do. Now, every year we, we review every role and we do that in our staff, we do that in our elders. The reason for that is that, you know, we believe that there are seasons in our lives and we want to make sure that we're in the right seasons uh, to give leadership. My, my season, you know, middle of last year changed, you know, it was uh, fantastic uh, just having one campus, one church, let me tell you, it was very, very comfortable. And even though this is my home base, I'm not here that often. And then my season changed because of the different responsibilities that came upon us. And, um, you know, we had to reevaluate, we had to relook at things. And so we do that with all our staff and we do that with our eldership. And uh, sometimes we bring new people on, sometimes people uh, feel that their season has come to an end. Uh, John and Joanna Torrance, who is actually Charles and April's in-laws, or rather it's Charles's in-laws, uh, they've served um, uh, with us for about a year and a half. They're based in Geelong. They would drive down about an hour and a half every Sunday to be here with us. Uh, but they felt at the end of last year that that season was coming to an end. Actually, I asked them to stay on as elders uh, because of their incredible heart and who they are. I said, look, could you just give us another year? And they did. But at the end of last year, they really felt that their season was up and uh, now they're going to base themselves in Geelong. But you will see them most probably every couple of months to make sure that Charles is doing a good job over here. So they are beautiful people and we're still in contact with them. Actually, they're, they're great friends of mine and I really thank you. I'll thank them and they'll be here and we'll say goodbye to them when they come the next time. The other couple that has served very faithfully in our house is Ross Rochel. Ross, uh, I was going to say Ross and Cheryl. Uh, is Ross and Cheryl Valentine and uh, you know they are like original members in the church and been very very faithful uh, to this house but at the end of last year really felt that their season uh, as elders was coming to an end and uh, you know these people their title might change but who they are does not change they are pillars in this house and they're not the only ones and even though they might come off of eldership they are still pillars in this house and uh, today we uh, are going to pray for them we want to thank you uh, we want to give you a little small gift if that's okay give it to the wife she'll end up spending it anyway if you could just could you just come forward if that's okay and what great great people I don't know about you but uh, many of you have been ministered to by this couple 
And you know, if you've been minister to them, they're great prayer warriors. They have a real heart for, for prayer, a great heart for Jerusalem and Israel, what God is doing there. Um, Ross told me yesterday that he's getting closer to that retirement age. I couldn't believe it because he looks fantastic. Um, do you know, and that's a new season and a new chapter in his life. I'd like you to stand. Would you do that with me? And let's pray for them. Can we do that? Let's just gather around them. And Father, today we thank you for Ross. We thank you for Cheryl. We thank you, Lord, that you have led them, uh, Lord, by your spirit. And, Father, we thank you that even this new chapter, this new season that, Lord, they're entering into, Lord, we know that you have plans and you have a purpose for their life. And today, Lord, we release them into that new chapter. We thank you for their faithfulness. We thank you for the seeds that they have, Lord, planted in this house. And, Father, as they go into this new chapter, we pray, Lord, for the favor of God to continue to rest upon them and the grace of God, Lord, to release them into a new measure of what God has for them. We thank you that, Lord, as they see these seeds germinate, that, Lord, they're going to rejoice in the fruit of their labor. And we thank you for them in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Fantastic. Give them a big, big hand. Thank you so much, guys. Cheryl's already wanted to go. Just hang on two seconds. She hates these people, they hate the platform. I tell you what, they just hate getting up here. You want to stay in the shadows. I just want to also say that Chris and Clarissa, could you just come forward? Um, and this is fantastic. These are generational. Chris is actually Ross and Cheryl's son, uh, married to uh, Clarissa. And they, they are... Have I got that right? Did I say something? No. Oh, Ross is behind you. Sorry, they're married to each other. Okay. But the great thing about this couple is that they are actually in training. And uh, so is Dan and Jackie. And the reason being is that, you know, to put the weight of responsibility on a young couple uh, that, that really we can see the call of God on is a real responsibility. And so we're, we're taking them on the journey. And uh, they, they come to our eldership meetings. They contribute also. And we want to just continue to grow them and continue to see what God has got for them. They're a great couple. And we just see the hand of God upon them and also upon Dan and Jackie. So God bless you guys. Fantastic. Give these guys another big hand. Thank you so much. You know, um, <clears throat> at the end of last year, uh, if we can just start having the slides on, you know, the Lord spoke to me about the theme, every year we've had a theme, and the last five years we've had a theme, and uh, you would have heard last week, and we would have heard over the last couple of months that the theme for this year is favor. I really do believe that God uh, it wants to pour out his favor upon us in a new measure. I've been amazed. I've been ringing some of my friends around Australia, and it's interesting. The themes are all the same. Have You know, we've got one God who says the same thing, and I'm amazed. I've been speaking to some of them and said, well, that's exactly what we felt God's put upon us. I really do believe that this year is going to be a year of surprises, a year of God's suddenlies, and we're going to see God do some great, great things. And we just need to stay under his grace in seeing God bless us. And the scripture God gave me was, may the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us and establish the works of our hands. At the end of the meeting, we're going to pray for every family. There's going to be some prayer stations. And we just want to anoint your hands symbolically that we are setting ourselves apart for this new year. And we know that our hearts are already there, but we really feel specifically that God wants to do some great, great things this year. And so we're going to anoint your hands. And we believe that this is 
symbolic act of us seeing that God wants to do great things this year. Also, Pastor Charles last week uh, just greatly uh, articulated the vision of our church. The vision doesn't change. In 2012, uh, you would know, and I've said this many, many times, that I was sitting uh, you know, in Degani's. God began to speak to me about a few things. And one of the things that was very, very specific was the Lord said to me that there's three things that I want the church to do. Number one, to restore, to raise up, and release. And I thank God for that. But you know, the second thing, and if we can have the next slide up, the second thing that really impressed God, impressed upon my heart, that this would become an apostolic hub. And that this would become a center of training where people would be raised up, not only restored, but we'd raise them up and release them. And I believe that this church has got a specific call upon it to make sure that, you know, we fulfill the mandate of God, which is to be like an Antioch church, that God is going to bring people here. And after they're restored, we raise them up to release them. That is an apostolic calling. I believe our Bendigo campus, our Victory Church, has the same mandate upon it. Do you know, uh, at the beginning of this year in January, uh, we had our network meeting with our five campuses. It was about 60 to 70 uh, people, leaders and uh, staff that came to this meeting. And we really sensed that at the end uh, of our meetings that we would bring in a prophetic ministry and we brought in a prophetic ministry called Steve McCracken and uh, he's the son of uh, David McCracken. Now David McCracken, how many of you have heard of David McCracken? He's a well-recognized prophet. What a fantastic thing to see his son, the next generation, being raised up. You know, he's only 42 years old and it's amazing the anointing that he carries. And we, we had him for a couple of sessions. Actually, Dave McCracken prophesied over me when I was 28 years old. And that prophecy is still unfolding. Actually, I'm living uh, in the words that were prophesied over me when I was 28 years old. When he began to prophesy over me, I thought to myself, this guy's in another planet. You know, I thought, what? What is he on about? But, uh, you know, he was speaking into the future, and I can't believe I've still got it on tape. That's how old it is. I've still got it on tape, and that when I listen to it, it still moves me to, to tears to, to hear that God's word is true and powerful, and it's unlocking, and, and it's still unfolding in my life. So I'm living in those words today, which is amazing. But Steve McCracken, he spoke six distinctives into our church and also into our network. I'm just going to give three of those to you very quickly today before we go into a time of anointing. The first distinctive that he said was that we were to carry, that we actually are called to carry a pioneering spirit. And, uh, you know, I was so thrilled about this because it really confirmed some things in my heart. I thought, God, if we are an apostolic hub, we've got to continue to have a pioneering spirit. Now, a pioneering spirit is not that we unsettle people. Well, you know, let's just keep everybody unsettled. Let's just keep everybody on edge. You know, a pioneering spirit is really, when you boil it down, it's a spirit to be willing and ready to go when God calls. And, you know, I don't want to ever lose that. You know, we, we don't, we're not pioneers just because, you know, we want to take ground just for the sake of doing that or being, you know, trendy or anything like that. But I tell you what, we need to make sure that when God speaks to us and he says, who will go, that we 
will be ready and willing to go. That is a pioneering spirit. Do you know, in Isaiah 6, 6, 8, God spoke to Isaiah and he saw the problems in that community. And God said, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here I am, send me. I pray that that will be the spirit in this church that when God calls us, and let me tell you this, that God will call us at different times. I know my wife and I, you know, we've gone, we've lived in Geelong, we've lived overseas, and sometimes those things aren't easy. But one of the things that we've constantly said is that when God calls, we want to be willing, we want to be ready, we want to respond. And that doesn't mean you're going to go overseas. Please, let me, it's not going to mean that you're going to go, some of you, it just means you're going to go and speak to your neighbour. For some of you, it means that you're going to get involved in, in a community project. But, you know, when God speaks, we just want to say, God, here I am, send me. And if we can carry that spirit, it will be fantastic. The second thing was that we were to have carry a prophetic spirit. And I love this because I believe what a prophetic spirit is, is that, again, we hear the voice of God and we speak the voice of God. And it's so important. You know, I I believe that God has called us to speak into our communities, into our cities, into our nation, and into our nations. And I believe it's not just about speaking, but it's about acting prophetically. You know, it's so powerful. I don't know if you're aware. But how many of you know that, you know, you know, sometimes big doors are opened by just little keys. That's what they are. Sometimes we see these big doors, but they're opened just by a little key. And prophetically, I believe this is what happens. When a church is prophetic, it means that God gives them those keys to unlock doors. And some of those keys come as words. Do you know your words, one word from God, one prophetic word from God can unlock a heart. One prophetic thought from God can unlock a strategy. One prophetic act from us can actually unlock an opportunity that God wants us to engage in. And I believe that our church it, it, we, we just can't be, you know, happy, clappy church, but we need to be a prophetic church. We need to be a church that has a pioneer spirit. We need to be a church that, you know, when God speaks to us, that we will deliver those words of faith that will unlock people's hearts. That when God gives us thoughts, and you know what, there's still thoughts. Some of you are getting thoughts, and they're prophetic thoughts, and their creative ideas are going to unlock. And I tell you, when those creative ideas unlock, God will give you an opportunity to do something amazing you know, when you look at everything we've done in this church, 99% of things we've done in this church, they've always come because God's spoken. They've come because God has given us a word. The Hope Center was born not because it was a good idea, but it was a prophetic idea that came from the Holy Spirit. And I believe that it is absolutely imperative that we stay with a pioneering spirit and a prophetic spirit. Jeremiah 1.5 says this, I've appointed you as my mouthpiece to speak not just to the nations, but into the nations, into people's lives. And even now, right now, you know, we're being called upon as a church and I know it's primarily myself but I see teams going into other places of our community and other places of our nation and you know uh, we've been called to go and speak into other nations and you know lately we've been speaking into the nation of Singapore and there's been some amazing things happen there but friends don't limit what God wants to do through you and through our church which is fantastic. The third thing is that we will be a missional 
a station. Now, when he said this, um, you know, it really resounded in my heart. If we can go to the next slide. Uh, if we were to be a missional station, and this is what he said, that this would be a place, this declaration that he made, that this would be a place where people would come to be trained and then they would go and be sent out. Don't you think that is exciting? That, you know, God has called us not to just, you know, build a big church, but to build his kingdom. And uh, his kingdom goes way beyond these four walls. Let me tell you this and it's so important that we do that and I just see that what's going to happen is people will come here to be trained and we've got um, you know a a great intern program Uh, this year I think we've got five interns we were just saying the other day we believe that what's going to happen is there could come a day where people will come from other nations to be here maybe even for a year and to do their internships here and then we'll send them back uh, back to their nation and I believe that that is going to grow I just thank God for that but that's just one of the things that I believe that God wants to do in Matthew 10 verse 1 it says this these 12 Jesus trained and sent them out with the following instruction I believe that people are going to come here they're going to be trained uh, and as they are they're going to be sent out like arrows and you know this morning as I was just you know praying for this particular thought it was really amazing it's like the Holy Spirit said that's already happening it's happening in your children's church don't think that some of those kids in there that's not a babysitting club that's not just a crash let me tell you what they're, they're being trained for God's purpose and don't be surprised in years to come they will be the next wave of ministries that are going to come through and some of them and parents please hear my heart on this because we love our children but some of them will go beyond the four borders of this church some of them will even go to other nations just as a parent when that happens please you know and you should be praying for your children when that happens don't hold them but release them to the purpose of God and you will rejoice in the things of God you know my mother is 82 years old and I've told many stories about her and uh, you know I ring her every second day and she always says this to me she always says this uh, she says you know I've I prayed for you when you were a little boy and I released you in the purposes of God I'm an only son you know it, sometimes it's very difficult to hear her on the phone but she's always encouraging me she said I brought you up to do the will of God isn't that amazing so let's thank God you just don't know what's going to happen as the spirit of God moves in this place in a few weeks time uh, we have a team coming from Singapore uh, and we've got another team coming uh, about 20 of them are going to come I'm going to get Pastor Greg to come up and talk about that just for a moment would you give him a big hand as he comes and talks about the missions thank you I want to talk about what is a mission station Um, Sue and I have been going in and out of uh, Africa for over 20 years um, and we've actually lived on a mission station. They're actually real places. So when Steve McCracken said to us in our leadership meeting that he felt the message from God is one of the things that we will um, develop into is to be a missional station, I said straight away, I've actually been on one. They're actually real places. So what's happened in the history of Christianity as it spread throughout the world, denominations who went to other nations... Um, particularly poorer nations, they would actually set up a place where resource and people would be given out to benefit of what God was doing in those places. And so it's really a focus on 
this is sort of the spirit or the idea behind a mission statement. You give away your best for the benefit of the people there. And I feel in, in my heart that's really what's going to happen through the ministries of Uni Hill Church and Victory Church. Because really a mission station is an apostolic hub. It's almost like interchangeable terms. So in a, in a literal place, the one I stayed in, which was called in Daguna in Kenya, so the, the Guna mission station was set up by the German church and they have uh, food come in, they have medical supplies come in, they have um, pastors and teachers come in and then they have people come to receive training and resources and then they release those into local villages, local towns and actually they go right, Daguna, they, they go right, push right up into Chad from Kenya with their resources and training and they are releasing their very best for the benefit of other people. So, I mean, you can look up mission stations online on the internet. They're, they're real places, but that's what it's all about. We are going to give our best, our best resources, our best people for the benefit of what God is doing elsewhere. And some of the people will come here. So in a mission station, people actually come in from all over the world to, to either be trained up, resourced, and then released. And really, that's as you know, that's our vision. So as Pastor Nick has just mentioned, we have two different churches in Singapore that are, are relationally connected to us. They, they, we're not connected by a denomination or anything like that, but it's a relationship that has been built. So in a couple of weeks, we have, um, I think there's about four people coming from a pretty large church in Singapore, and they are going to come and actually interact with us. Do, we're going to do some training. They're going to go to our campuses. And it's again, you won't see much of what happens. We're going to actually get them to come and share on one Sunday here at, at uh, Uni Hill Church, so you will actually get to meet them. Then you might recall in January, Pastor Nick and myself went to Singapore to open up a brand new church, and that church is called Kingdom's Heart. So what I want to do right now, we're going to take up a missions offering for Kingdom's Heart. Let me explain why we're doing it. In June this year, they're going to have almost 20 people come it's a very small church mostly university students so they don't have any money to actually travel do you know how many uni have you ever studied at university you know what it's like you're paying your fees you've got to feed yourself all that sort of stuff but we we as a leadership really feel connected to them and we know that god has put us together to actually help support and encourage them so when you know 18 to 20 of them are going to come here in june they're paying their own way to get here. Uh, we're not feeding them or anything like that. They're coming off their own bat, but they really want to learn and develop from us. And James and Wendy are the leaders of that church. I'm going to show you a little short video clip um, that they sent me yesterday. I asked them, oh, can you just do a little uh, video clip to say hello? Because you'll get to meet and see everyone, really, just about everyone in that little church. And James and Wendy are the ones that speak on the video. Uh, James has got an incredible heart for people. He's, he really gathers, pastors, and blesses people. And Wendy is such an incredible host and really has a gift of teaching on her life. And so let me just show you this little short clip, and then we'll take up an offering, and I'll tell you why we're taking that up in a few minutes. Thanks very much, Jonathan. Greetings from Kingdom's Heart Church. We'll be coming to Melbourne from 14 to 24 June this year to learn more from you guys. Thanks for having us around. We really look forward to see everyone there and learn from you guys. We, we hope to see you soon. God bless. They're not shy, are they? They're not shy. 
That little boy that jumped out in the front is James and Wendy's son, and his name's Jameson. He's, he's, he's full of uh, energy, that little kid. We actually uh, were in that. That's their house, and Nick and I had a number of meals there, ran some training sessions there in, in January. So brand new church. It's only Officially, it's only a few weeks old. Um, so when they come here in June, what we want to do as a church is we want to help some of those university students who are some of their coordinators over their ministries to get here. And so what I'm going to ask you to do right now, I want you to pick up your wallet, your purse, whatever you've got. I'm going to ask everybody to give this morning because we want to, we want to actually help contribute to the cost because some of them won't be able to come unless we support them. They're, they're not looking for it from us, but we feel as, as, a, as a church, we want to be generous to do it. So even if you give a gold coin or $5, you can give much more than that if you want to. But we're going to pray and we're going to take up an offering to support them, to receive some training, encouragement. We feel we're going to have a long-term relationship with these guys uh, over the years. So let's pray. Father God, we just pray your blessing over that church first and foremost, that you would release your spirit of evangelism and Lord, that they would actually reach out into their nation, into the university campuses where a lot of their congregation members are situated to minister life and health into the lives of those other students around them who don't know you yet. And Lord, as we give today, we know we're sowing into the future of that church and particularly into the very individual personal lives of those young adults, that they would be trained up and they would be restored and released into the ministry and the calling that you've put on their lives. So as we give today, God, for this very single specific purpose, we ask you to bless this offering. May it reflect our heart in helping to develop this particular congregation and may your love flow through us in this giving in Jesus' name.